Hi, I'm Bill Crystal. Can you believe these guys are back? Years from now, your children will ask you, what did you do in the greatest war? And you can tell them, I fought to protect this world. Hello and welcome back to The Substandard. I'm Victor Mattis along with Jonathan V. Last and Sonny Bunch. I'd like to remind you that The Substandard is available on iTunes and Google Play. Just look under podcasts and search for Substandard. You'll easily find us. Please subscribe, tell your friends, and leave a review. In addition, uh, we'd also like to remind you that Substandard show notes posted by Jonathan Last are available every Friday at 11 a.m. at weeklystandard.com. So, uh, gentlemen, how are we? Uh, JVL? Uh, not great. Okay. Had a not great weekend, but it's actually something I can't talk about on air. Mm, so no. we, can, wow. we can talk about it off wow. air. Mystery. There'll be, great, there'll, there'll be great in show notes. Go ahead, son. <laughs> uh, my weekend was fine. I was enjoying my brand new uh, Kindle Paperwhite. Uh, the, the the beneficent Jeff Bezos. Oh, from your Prime Day, me your Prime Day from right? from Prime Day. Uh, I I had a couple books kind of lined up. I'm a I my what I have discovered as a person who is like extremely sensitive to prices, uh, but also has essentially an infinite number of books I want to read. Is that the Kindle sales are very interesting because I'll like often pick up a book for two or three dollars or something and just kind of store it away and 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 not read it until much later. So this weekend I actually read, uh, or this week I actually read um, "Hillbilly Elegy" finally, wow. which I don't. It's like the hot book of yeah. ten months ago. Yeah, no, no, uh, that I picked up on on sale. Uh, so I don't know if you know this, guys, but things are bad. Things are bad <laughs> out there for the white workers. A lot, class. a lot of meth, a lot of meth, a lot of, a lot of drugs, yeah. a lot of sadness. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's how I spent my. Uh, that's how I spent the last several days is okay. kind of wallowing in sadness. Oh, sorry so about that. good good way to yes. you know uplift high energy episode. Lovely. We're, we got. Yeah, so far so good. Uh I did two things. One, over the weekend, uh I took the kids for the first time to a comic book store. Which one? Uh in Falls Church, Victory Comics. The one run by Jeff Weaver, Bernie Sanders is a guy. I haven't been there. It's, it's like the only comic book shop in the DC area I haven't been to. Good. Uh, I went there on the recommendation of our uh, friend Matt Continetti, who took his son there. And so I brought the kids there. We walk in. Uh, Sabrina immediately knew what she wanted, which was a, a Supergirl uh, comic book. But it's more of a book. There's not many. There's not much. There's is no this illustrations. the Superhero High one? Uh, no, this is like Supergirl, but it's like DC superheroes for kids level. This is not graphic novel, and it's it's like mostly a, it's like a book. It's like yeah. a novel. So she's yeah, in, but it's yeah. paperback. She's but reading words. She reads words. There's no there's much, not much illustration, what? and she's clearly has the, the same one. Oh, really? Yeah, she, she loves it, loves it. and uh, it's right in this little shelf next to all like the My Little Pony uh, stuff and whatever. Michael immediately found the alien action figure <laughs> that was Japanese and wanted to buy it. And uh, it was very expensive. Not so. the maquette. No, no. This is a uh, this is different. And uh, and I said it's too expensive. How expensive was too expensive for your uh, son? It was like eighty Oof. from Japan, and it was like a collector's thing. I said this is ridiculous. Is it like a statue? <laughs> you yeah, you can move it. You could extend the tail. You could do the whole thing. You should have bought it for him uh, on the condition that he keeps it in the box. 
Train. Yeah, well, right. Michael, no, no, no. I'm kidding. happy to no, buy kidding. it for you, but you do need to keep the box in near mint condition. Well, what happened was <laughs> that's a lesson. That would have been a lesson. <laughs> uh, what happened was uh, we went back home, and he uh, broke into his uh, piggy bank, and apparently uh, had taken a, a piggy bank he found in my room in Jersey. So your childhood piggy bank. Yes, the child which I had he just stole forgotten. your childhood. He piggy basically bank? did, and I said, "Okay, you can have this. It's just a bunch of pennies and coins." And we went to the Coinstar machine at Harris Teeter and dumped it all in. You used the Coinstar? That's a ripoff. I know. Yeah. They, they take they like ten percent of the skin. Eleven percent of the skin. But I said, I'm not going to count all these what? freaking. Pennies. You make the children you make the child do it. Do it. It's, it's a it's much. a way to and improve it was, their. It was way oh my too much. god! Anyway, it came to eighty dollars, so we bought the figure. <laughs> you got so where's a picture you no prob- picture i'll provide the picture uh, i'll send it to you you probably you probably dumped like 40 dollars worth of silver quarters down that thing, right. by the way <laughs> you know it doesn't make sense and they were like there's also it rejects coins so you went foreign back. currency so we went back i felt bad the first time we went change uh, it, it, well no but the, the, the how teeter you they, they give you in <laughs> right they give you a cash it's like, like kramer at the at the place the pizza place now and the calzones uh, with, yes it's the calzones now uh but the funny thing was we're not so funny is uh prior to that i felt bad i said let me just get you a uh a graphic novel or something you know from batman comic book just yeah comic, comic book books. and it was like the joker's it had to do with like the origins of the Joker. Oh, was it the Brian Azzarello Joker? I it was awful in a in a in a, in a very graphic way. So I'm like, oh, you're like, yeah, that's good. And was it, I just was it the Killing Joke? Yes, the Killing Joke. <coughs> how old is your son? Just, of the let's, year. let's just remind. Uh, I had no idea. Let's just nine. remind everyone how young <laughs> Michael is. He's nine. And now, he goes, for, oh, and he just didn't say he was quiet. The, Looking the, through it, he was just folks, quiet. Folks, you may not have read The Killing Joke. I, uh, I, I didn't. Would, I'd like to think a lot so of I'm you not a have. Nerd. A lot of you probably have, but some of you haven't. And just as a reminder, this is a this is a comic book where uh, the Joker shoots Batgirl in the stomach uh, and cripples She's her. naked. And then strips her naked and takes photos of it, which yes. he then puts around a, a, a carnival funhouse in order to drive her father, Jim Gordon, insane. Right. Who is also right. stripped naked, also by the way. Uh, My wife shows me this that later that night. Just, I'm like, oh. I just remember. I mean, I remember when I would go to my comic book store and I'd pick up like when I was like 14 or 15 or something. And I'd pick up a copy of Sin City, which is like kind of risque at the time. The guys would be like, you didn't buy that here in case your parents <laughs> found it. I didn't realize I could have just taken Uncle Vic to the comic book <laughs> store buy, and he would have he would have bought, bought me anything. He would have bought me anything. Sin City is much worse than the killing joke even. Ooh, yeah, but I well, had it, no. No idea. Like cannibalism of naked women. It's less. Mm -hmm. uh, Let's see. What did I get? I got a Dame to Kill for, which is actually like not super. Yeah. Yeah. So wait a minute. So you didn't. So I said, let me just let me just take problem there. No. Your wife discovered the problem that night. She's reading through it. That night she's reading through it like she's like oh like a parent who previews their media consumption for the child like a Soviet censor the Politburo like yeah like an East like a Stasi censor opening up mail. She goes. Did you of see others. This? How about this? Did you see this? I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, no, uh, let me see it now. And uh, 15 minutes later, Vic came back. <laughs> I need to see this three. in the bathroom. Three minutes. Uh, three. <laughs> so that was awful. And um, one star review for, yeah, that, for that joke. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. Iceman, he reads quickly. I was. He's a fast reader, yes. that Vic Mattis. I was, I was, that Mick Vattis is yeah. a fast Mick reader. It's what they call a one handed mag, right? That's what we call a one handed mag. It's, uh, in the words okay, of there's it, the one right, star. Yeah, Sorry, okay. that was Andy. That's I, an Andy. Know, we, were trying, we were trying to step it back and I learned that joke from Andy Ferguson, by the way. Uh, uh, so the other thing that was funny was there was all these people there. We, like, we turned to, we're checking out 
like the com- and and Sonny, you're familiar with this place, mm. so we're checking out. The I've actually point. never been to Victoria oh, really? Comics. I just know I know that well, it's the we... comic book store that's run by Bernie Sanders. Oh, okay. I, had, I yeah, you mentioned it before, and I didn't even think about it. So we uh, we check it out. Okay, this is where all the comic books are, and then we turn a corner. and There's another room where all of a sudden, you know, and I'm there with the kids, and there's all these grown adults, men sitting around tables playing Magic, Magic the Gathering. Yep. Wow. I, yep. I can't no believe idea. Magic is still a thing. Like I'm, I never even knew that is, was that was after my time because I was a D and D type. I mean, so I was not familiar until you brought like it up in the substandard. It's not. It's not like it like went away and came back. It's been like pretty consistently yes. like a thing for twenty five years now. Yep. I mean, I, I don't like, even you, know how it's played. I walked in and there was uh, there was like a guy or uh, and a woman there serving as like referees because like okay, you got five minutes, blah blah blah, and people are moving things around. Lots of very long beards, but also teens. And I said, this is a wonderful you know summer day, and they're all in here playing Magic the Gathering. It was very interesting. Mm. It was I probably would have been. <laughs> Yeah. myself and lots of boxes Vic thought it was terrible so he went home and played Civilization <laughs> yeah. right that's totally right. cool that's what the cool kids did on a summer uh, and uh, <laughs> and there's all these different boxes of like s- Settlers of Catan oh that's people a, love that, Settlers uh, of Catan that's a Bill Dwyer game uh, and there's different variations of it like Captain yeah. Bill Dwyer Captain Bill Dwyer what does Dwyer, he do for a living uh, he's a uh, captain and a fire marshal oh Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Has he ever saved a human life? <laughs> a couple times. Yeah, well. Has he know. ever He's caught a split infinitive? Uh, never. He actually, you know what? He he walked through a floor that gave way once. Dangling wow. modifier, fire, though? But you know what? Mm. Not a dangling modifier. So. He, didn't, he didn't fix a there-there uh, problem? It's it's. How about it's it's? That's so underrated. Uh, okay, here's one other thing that I did, and JVL uh, uh, got a kick out of this. Uh, yesterday, JVL... Uh, I took a test drive of a Tesla Model X, the semi-autonomous Tesla. For a piece? Uh, possibly, uh, I was asked if you I wanted to. sold it to Tesla as if it I, was No, 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 no. Uh, they actually, you know, uh, they're a publicist to somebody that uh, we knew uh, through the beacon. And then uh, I was just asked if I wanted to take a test drive. So it was me, Mike Goldfarb, and my son. So is the X the SUV? It's the SUV. Yeah. It fits six. It, now they say seven. Like, it has like bat wing doors? Really? Gull wings, yes. Yeah. So, but only for the back doors. The front doors open normal, hmm. and the back doors open gull wing style. Um, it's funny because it's a futuristic car, but it's not didn't have the feel of a luxury futuristic car. Like All the money has clearly gone into the technology, not into... I mean, let's face it, the base price of the Model X is $107,000. Yeah. It's of only $100,000 because you get a $7,000 oh, rebate yes. from the <laughs> taxpayers. No, but you I, know, and I have to say, if, <laughs> if there's anything that I like about our government, it's the fact that we subsidized hyper-expensive sports cars for our celebrities it, with it, our tax dollars. I think that this is the greatest use of government because we have to for the planet, for, the for plan- climate change. This is, because, you know, there are a lot I'm of people getting, getting pretty who political can, who can only scary. afford a $100,000 car yeah, but yes. can't afford a $107,000 car mm-hmm. and we need to make sure that those people don't use gas guzzling trucks when they drive oh boy i don't even know where to begin on that ah! uh, <laughs> wow uh wow, JB- JBL. no JBL? i think tesla's a great company jbl i have a question for you yeah would, if i was to if i was to give you a tesla just give you one would you drive it off a bridge or into a reservoir which would you prefer <laughs> which would you which would be the preferred mode of destruction i would do something like the the, 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 the old VW commercials where uh, 
Peter Stormare Pim- Pim- does Pimp the Auto, yeah, and I would do something, something like, like you know, oh look, this is the air intake valve to suck in air. It certainly is sucking, and then they like <laughs> drop a giant anvil on it or something. Put but it, it, it would it prevent it from happening. Yeah. The 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 car would not allow you to do it because it like senses danger. Yeah, it would it, drive it, away. It's <laughs> got like, no kidding. The car has, the car has radar. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Johnny Five is alive. Um, the car has got radar and sonar. And so, in case it goes uh, underwater, yes, like, like the, the Lotus in the Spy Who Loved Me, yeah. which he owns, by the way, um, uh, Elon Musk owns that car from James Bond. So uh, we went out on sixty six, and then we go into driverless mode. You, you're not supposed to go driverless, like driving through the streets. So a ba- yes, get because on a you can highway. kill pedestrians yes. because these sy- these it systems can't actually pick up bicycles. Goldfarb, and, and Goldfarb, Goldfarb tried. So doing it's not this. all bad, is yes. what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> We actually used it for that purpose. Pedestrians. And uh, we tried going out to autopilot like on Washington Boulevard, but as soon as it it's the intersection, it just slows down. Like it's trying to figure out what's going on because there's no lines. But you get on 66, you know, it meanders, it, it turns, whatever, and it just follows the road. And you can just go on like this. And if you hit your turn signal, you know, it'll wait for cars. It's got eight cameras. And then it'll just turn. And then that's it. Or go the other way. Um, this is an interesting question for you, Vic. Yes. If you are driving that car uh-huh. and you get into an accident with another car, mm-hmm. is that driver going to sue Tesla or are they going to sue you? <laughs> oh, they're going to sue you. So it isn't really driverless then, is it? You have no. to be 100% you, JVL, you engaged to at all think, times because you are liable for whatever happens in that about, car. You have to think about this driverless. I hate Tesla so <laughs> much. To, I hate all of this You have to think about driverless. Driverless car. It's bullshit. like driverless so wait, is like being an uh, autopilot for an airline pilot. So they're actually there. They're not... Like when I was going driverless, you still had to keep your hand on the wheel. Yes. Like otherwise. So what's the point? This isn't I'm Minority Report. It's you not quite sit and there. read while so you go to the back and forth so to work. The, the lesson and you will is, never be able to no, because there's the, a legal framework which guy, assigns liability to the fact, driver. The guy who died in Florida, they I think he was listening to a he was watching Harry Potter oh, so when angry. he died. He was so watching he, Harry yeah, Potter. Yeah, because the truck driver said he heard Harry Potter music coming from his car after he got you know sheared off mm. uh you can't do that and so uh, the future is not here but it's almost here so the wait, future will never be here the driverless <laughs> car is the freaking jetpack so JBL, there, this is never going to happen you might get for long distance mm-hmm, trucking mm-hmm, because mm-hmm, you can build specialized mm-hmm. highway lanes i will for tell it. you what was but for actual and mm-hmm. also you can have convoys of trucks where you have like one lead truck with drivers and everybody follows that but for actual automobile personal use consumer use automobiles mm-hmm. this will never ever happen. JBL, ever. No, Here, this is the jetpack. This is the undersea okay. city well, right. of our time. Right. JBL, guys, I'm now, guys, guys, I'm now guys, a car guys. columnist and I'm just writing about it guys, now guys, as a guys. voice of expertise so, and authority. JBL, here, let me just, let me, I, I just want to posit a thing for you. Yeah. God, I'm is, calm down. Is Serenity your, but let's say, let's say you who lives in the exurbs uh, is not only uh, you are you are not only forced to use the hot lanes, the pay for the pay for uh, HOV lanes, but you also can only use them if you have a driverless car. How angry <laughs> would that? Your eye literally just twitched. I know. I saw when that I too. I saw that too. Is, yeah, your eye literally twitched when I suggested the idea that the state of Virginia, run by Terry McAuliffe now, yes. basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, would would force you not only to pay for the lanes, but also use a driverless car to access them. How would that make you, Jonathan V. Last, feel? That's my secret, Sonny. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm always angry. <laughs> on, a, on a scale of one to Hulk, where does that put you? Red Hulk. Okay. Red Hulk. I'd say, for me, 
um, going into driverless mode, I was more alert about driving than than less. You know what I mean? Like you were just watching things. Like so, what's the point of it then? I don't know. This is the first time I've driven it, so I'm looking at it, and my experience was not. Oh, I'm not gonna. Let me just watch a movie or get on the phone. I couldn't even. I gave my phone to like Michael. I said, "Call your mother. Tell her we're coming home because we took the driverless back to the house." I said, "I just got to keep my eyes on the road because this is, I can't imagine people are using this." And then not paying attention because for me it's weird because you're anticipating okay merges lanes are merging cars but it's keeping distance it's slowing down it's doing all sorts of weird things but uh, the annoying thing is of course that you have to from time to time either give you know a shake of the wheel or you have your hand on the wheel but what is the common you know reaction is every now and then I might want to pump the brake or turn it and then then it disengages and then goes back into manual mode. Um, I what imagine a terrible. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I don't understand the, the point, point of this. I imagine the point is it's requiring you supposed to right. This is just me thinking out loud to do less thinking about the cars. Not completely, you know, like I'm going to disengage and watch a Harry Potter movie, but less thinking. But I don't think that's I necessarily it, a good I, thing. I, I bet if you, I bet if you look at studies. Let's say we get a bunch of these on the road in the next 10 years or so. I bet if you look at studies, accidents will increase dramatically after a year or so of use. Once they lull you into a sense of security oh, then. that you that you can kind of like mm-hmm. zone out a mm-hmm. bit, that's when the accidents mm-hmm. start spiking. I bet. The, the, so the studies that have been done on this show, so the accident rates for driverless cars are incredibly high. They are nearly what the accident rates are for. And I say this not as, I'm not making a stereotype, this is an actuarial statement, mm. what it is for 70-year-old women. <laughs> Did you say seven? 70-year-old oh, women. Mm-hmm. That is what the accident rates for driverless cars are. <laughs> so so pretty good then. Yeah, pretty yeah good. awesome. Pretty so good. We'll just say they're incredibly safe drivers. I'll say what was, most surprising, them. what was most surprising was uh, acceleration. And this is something that they. This is nothing that they. They always. The big emphasis, of course, is that this is the safest car on the road. They say, and that it's driverless. But the acceleration. Now, this is the secret. The secret of Tesla is that it is a no compromise, awesome sports car. It is, and they sell it. So here's the thing. But, it's, but everybody who buys it knows this, a, yeah. and it, everybody yeah, else on the outside go, "Oh, but look, you for love the, environment. the planet so much. You no. love no. You're going to get a luxury sports car, and you're going to government what, rebate for it. What gov- What Goldfarb and I did was uh, we engaged it on what, it's literally called ludicrous speed. Like you press <laughs> it, it says that. And it says to you, you understand this is gonna take, make sure you have enough battery power. Uh, are you sure you wanna go through with it? And then the other button says, no, I want my mommy. It literally says that. <coughs> and so you say, yeah, let's go for it. And I put my foot down on that gas and it was it was like roller coaster speed. Yeah. It was with insane. no sound. With no, no, with no sound. Yeah. And so this is what, for me, is yeah. mind boggling since I don't know anything about cars, but I mean, there's no gasoline involved. It's yeah. not a combustion engine. So there's not even, if you were in a Ferrari or a Porsche, you know, there's the revving up and then there's the moment where it speeds and the smoke of the tire and then you go for it. This thing just jumps. And that was what I, but you don't really hear that in their advertising. It's all about. Yeah, battery it's environment. People, are, people are environment. Spending. And you realize, of course, insane. that this is this is all a matter of tuning. This is engineering. Yeah. And then when you tune the car to do this, what you're doing is you're sacrificing battery. Yeah, and so you're That's using right. more right. energy. Yeah. Yeah. Where, I wonder yeah. where does the energy come from for driverless cars? It I probably it, just comes from the nuclear. air. It probably doesn't come from coal I, plants. I hope it's nuclear. That's my thing. Uh, I'm so glad you uh, enjoyed that little aside. Yeah. The do we even need to do a main episode now? <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like that was good. Do wow. we even need we, a big By the block? way, it's, uh, we've been on for an hour. Um, the uh, so show, that, that was the big thing for me. We started and off slow, but we really got we really going there, got just, going like, a there. Yeah, just, just like, like a Tesla. Just like a Tesla. It's it was... uh, you know, uh, the, his blood is boiling. Uh, but I was going to say it was 
uh, Michael loved the acceleration. Michael is not a fan of driverless cars. He likes to drive. He wants to drive. And uh, but but nevertheless, the acceleration and speed was like it was like it was like it was like hyperspeed. I mean, it was like did the star you know, the stars like yes, a straight line? Well, they have they have a fake thing on the display that does that, and it was like out of Star Wars. Speaking of which. Disney Star Wars Land. Mm. Eh, I tried. Six of ten. <laughs> Sonny, you noticed this, or was it JVL? That uh, I think uh, I, yeah, it something me. is happening over at the development. As you know, there's a Star Wars Land being worked on in Disneyland, Disney World. Yeah, I think yeah, it's going to be what they're going to have it at that? multiple parks, right? I'm actually not yes. a big Disney guy, so I, I'm I'm like only kind of half fascinated okay. by this. But I the, wish we had Kristen Soltis Anderson here because she is both a Star Wars nerd and a Disney yeah. nerd. Well, my, my sister and Grew her- Grew up at Disney, yeah. worked in the park, knows That's everything right. about it. My, my sister and her husband are like totally into Disneyland. They have a they have like a timeshare down at Disney World and the whole nine yards. They love it. Um, I but, think when you do the timeshare, then you're in. Yeah. You're all yeah. in. Like every vacation is going to be that. Yeah. So, but I, I, I am like not a big theme park guy, whatever. Uh, but I am kind of fascinated by the Star Wars land that they're building. And part of the, part of the park, so like they're, they're you know, turning it into- my understanding is they're turning it into a like section of the Star Wars universe that is not actually in the movies. That it's like kind of a, it's kind of a, a, a it's not like you are going to go and do uh, the 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 um, please be running in, running into please the Star Wars. Yeah, Naboo. right. It's, it's not like you're you're hanging out on the beaches of Tatooine. You know, this endless sand expanses. Uh, but but one of the things that they're talking about doing is having a hotel where you are basically playing a Star Wars character for the week. It's basically like a Westworld including hotel. clothing, right? Right, including so clothing. they give you costumes and they give you like a little uh, they give you a multi-day storyline to play through and you, you have to talk to characters who are, you know, they, they have like droids and guys dressed up like aliens and you're doing the whole thing and I it really got me, it got me wondering. Yeah, America what, has not reached its decadent phase at all. Well, Don't worry. I mean, this well, is not I, a civilization like, on decline. Look, as far as as far as like awful things that we could do, this is this is a very uh, shallow step into that pool. You, you mentioned uh, Westworld, but it also reminded me of Total Recall, right? It's sort of giving you that adventure. Yeah, well, but I so, mean, Total Recall is you know, they just all in put your the, head. The, they put it directly in your brain. It's much more like Westworld. Let me <laughs> just let me make sorry. the analogy. Oh yeah, you're in the middle Vic, of a thing. Come on, you're, sorry. You're uh, anyway, so it got me. It got me wondering, like, what would you actually do? Like, what would your ideal Star Wars subplot be? And of course, I was hoping to get the invade the temple and cut down the younglings the madrasa uh, the, i want the i want the yes the the where they're where they're raising the child soldiers yeah. to carry out their suicide attacks that's what i want i want to put a stop to that you know because i'm a i believe in in good and in good things jvl what would you want to do if you were to I go to star wars land well there are two things i would want to do the first of course is i'd want to play as grand moff tarkin interrogating princess leia and then destroying alderaan yes Right, obviously, that's yeah, the. Awesome. I mean, that is a pretty fun multi-day experience. But the taboo in me, oh my the part of me that wants the frisson of doing something really naughty, would want to be playing as Luke blowing up the peace station. The what station? The peace station. The peace oh, star. Peace. Oh, got it. The peace star. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would be. I mean, it's wrong, of course. I mean, they're killing all these innocent people. Yes. There would not be would not be fun. But but to be able to fly around yeah. and hear Han in your mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. in your ears. Mm-hmm. I, I just the think pirate. The space pirate. The space pirate. Well, I mean, that would this be is, cool. and this is very much like again like Westworld, where you know you can do like the normal stuff, but you could also be a bad guy. Yes. You can go around. You, you can, can go like a burn down a village. Could you be Boba Fett? Or you could be a bounty hunter. Yeah. You can you can go and you can shoot up some some prostitutes or whatever. Or 
you can blow up the peace station. And it, like it, yeah. it, it would be perfect. Yeah, yeah. Vic, you what know, would you want to do? Honestly, I would be perfectly content like being like an Imperial officer piloting a Star Destroyer working for Admiral Piet. I think I really liked Admiral Piet. Just and, being a space trucker. Yeah, yeah, no, that's it. And just like, okay, and then doing this. Yeah, that, yeah I like to work on the ship, uh, with yeah. you know, but without the nervousness of having Vader, because I was always very, you could tell everybody gets nervous in those scenes. Yeah. But I like to work, work for Admiral Piet. It was very, it's like master and commander. It'd be very British, wouldn't it? Yeah. It would just be a very, very British Navy. I, my, my regret is that they didn't have something like this for like the wizarding world of Harry Potter. Because then I would have uh, been know, what? Then I, 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 no, no, no. I'm just saying that my scenario would be called graduation. <laughs> oh no, that's all. <laughs> well, I mean, you could probably get that sort of experience if you went to like the Jabba's uh, palace uh, or Thailand, part of the land. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, that's right. Hogwarts or Phuket? Take your pick. Oh my god. Um, okay. Hey, was there a movie out this week? Oh yes. Indeed, there was JV. Sorry, I'm just trying to keep the FBI off our trail. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, over the weekend, War for Planet of the Apes did fifty-six and a half, at least million dollars. It beat out Spider-Man: Homecoming, which did a not too shabby forty-five million. Mm. Um, Sunny, you saw well, War I, for Planet. You have uh, thought. If well, we're, if yes, we're, talk let's talk numbers. about the box office yeah, just for a yeah. second here, because the the War for the Planet of the Apes. Uh, opening is pretty unimpressive. Mm. I mean, this is about the numbers that Rise of the Planet of the Apes do, but it's did, but it's about twenty million less than uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which has to be a bit disappointing for the studios. And it, it's just another indication of uh, franchise fatigue. But I, I, I'm actually a little more surprised even by the drop of Spider-Man: Homecoming, which dropped sixty percent. That was a sixty percent drop. Sixty percent in its in its second weekend. White male director. And I, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit surprised by that because a, it was, pr- it was very good. It's very entertaining, and b, it got pretty good numbers from audiences. A solid A minus cinema score. There was, there was some competition from the Planet of the Apes movie, but obviously not a ton mm-hmm. since it, it, it didn't do that well. Uh, but it just it it really it really dropped. I was I was pretty sure that Spider-Man: Homecoming was going to be the biggest movie of the summer, and it's not going to come anywhere close to to Wonder Woman, which Sunny, is the it's greatest. Not what the people want the greatest movie of all time. People can smell it's, the privilege coming off of that Spider-Man movie. I mean, it you know this is a real problem that Hollywood has to think about with these all these 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 white men running around. Running Thank goodness things. the Wall Street Journal ran a piece over the weekend by an actress saying that, you know, the success of Wonder Woman shows that Hollywood should be casting more women in even just like bit and throwaway roles because that's what's good for business. That's mm. what people want. Mm. Yeah. Are there no women in movies? None. Oh, none. None. So no. It's all no women. horrible. <laughs> so, Sonny, what did you think? Wherever the War for Planet of the Apes yeah. is, is that... Part two, part three. Part three. So this is the. How many three? parts are there going to be? Really? Was this the Third? end? I think this is the end. This is the end. Does it of have the... a conclusion? Does yes, it, it, has a, it has a. It has a conclusion. Who it wins? Has a, well, the apes, obviously. I don't know if you know this, but man is bad. Man is a man is a cancer on the planet well, uh, and deserves do, uh, to be wiped out. And fact to have check, their, true. I and have it. questions, but do explain yeah. first. So anyway, uh, so War for the Planet of the Apes picks up about two years after Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. If you've seen that movie, you remember that it ended uh, after an ape attack on the on a human enclave in the Pacific Northwest uh, was actually thwarted by Caesar, the noble ape played by Andy Serkis. Um, uh, and they kind of retreated into the woods. They said, we want peace, blah, blah, blah. But you know who doesn't want peace is Woody Harrelson. 
Woody Harrelson playing the colonel or the captain or something. He uh, he is a special forces guy. He is running uh, amok amongst the ape communities, cutting them down and slaughtering them left and right. And, Talk about guerrilla warfare. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who let Gene Shalit into this office? That's awful. Quit monkeying around, Sonny. Oh, okay, sorry. Go see, ahead, go ahead. You see go what, ahead. I, you see what we deal with? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Uh, so anyway, uh, the, 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 the plot of the movie is uh, Woody Harrelson kills uh, Caesar's uh, family. The apes decide that, like most of the apes, ninety percent of the apes decide to leave and go find this new paradise that that they had that they sought out. Uh, but uh, uh, Caesar is going to take his revenge, and he he sets off to do this with a couple of friends in tow. Uh, along the way, they pick up a another ape who can speak, whose name is Bad Ape. He calls himself Bad Ape because that's what all the humans call them. Because humans are bad. Humans are bad, and they're mean to apes, and they call this I'm ape sorry. bad ape. Have so you never has, been on Twitter? Of course has, humans are bad. He has self-loathing. He's filled with self-loathing, and he calls himself bad ape. What kind of ape is he? He's is like, he I don't know. Gorilla? He's a, he's a, is he the, the orangutan? A, no, he's uh, he's he, like he's like Caesar. I don't know what those are. He's a chimpanzee. He's like a little oh, chimpanzee. Okay. But he's uh, wonderfully played by. He's wonderfully played by Steve Zahn. I, so well, we can Zahn. get into this in a second yeah, about sure. the motion capture, whatever. Anyway, uh, long story short, Humans are bad. The American military, very bad. Uh, and we are told this over and over and over again, and we, we uh, are supposed to cheer when the apes uh, leave for their, their paradise. They have killed the humans. <laughs> and, you know, whatever. I'm, I, I, the, the whole thing is, like, it's actually entertaining enough in the moment. I, I gave it a thumbs up on Rotten Tomatoes. I enjoyed it. You're on it's, Rotten Tomatoes? Yes. That's, I am. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Sunny bunch, rotten tomatoes, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and 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 it was and it's fine. It's entertaining. If you like the rest of these movies, you'll like this movie. I like the rest of these movies, so I like this movie. Uh, and it has some it has some actually pretty impressive special effects. The photorealism is very good. Andy Serkis is fine. Steve Zahn is better, I think. Um, uh, but uh, it it is kind of this weirdly misanthropic, like humans deserve to die and be wiped out and uh, I'm, not, I'm not totally on board with that. As much as I hate humanity, yes. I'm not totally on board with that. Do, does the United States of America still exist in this movie? Well, so... Is there a president? So, so I, unclear. I mean, the, the military still exists and Woody Harrelson is kind of leading a splinter group of the military that has taken over a, a, a weapons depot and that's how he is able to fight off the main battalion of humans that comes at the end and there's a big oh. battle but there's between humans fireworks between some humans and then humans are trying to kill the apes because right. humans are bad right. remember right. humans right. are bad well, uh anyway this this i i didn't love it uh but i did like it and you know if you're into this sort of thing you should you should check it out it reminded me your review of uh the national geographic special on what would earth be like if humans no longer were on the planet you ever see this? Better. And the answer yeah. is better. The, yeah. And so there's the the, the, the the pictures of the oceans that are teeming with fish and wildlife and everything else is, you know, the world would be a No National place. Geographic magazines, though. No, no. no. I mean, you know, down, small, sacrifice. small sacrifice. The animals sacrifice. haven't figured out how to make it. 
but or, or take they pictures. They will, and they'll do it better. The whales will do it. Uh, but you were talking about the, the motion capture image. Yeah, so yeah. there's a big push right now to get the Motion Capture Actors Academy Awards nominations. So the idea is that Andy Serkis is so good and so expressive as Caesar that he deserves an Academy Award nomination and that it's really a, a crying shame that we don't recognize these wonderful performances. And, like, I'm not totally opposed to the idea that we should pay more attention to motion captured actors and that I think that there's uh, a lot of good work being done kind of in this realm. But the problem with this whole theory is that all of these performances are totally collaborative with the hundreds of uh, uh, special effects guys who are running around actually making the facial appearances uh, work who are who are giving the, the apes actual heft in the the uh, the 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 the, the film that we see. I mean, I like. I think that Steve Zahn, for instance, and like, I, I have a specific issue with saying that uh, Andy Serkis deserves the award for this movie because basically all he does is kind of scowl for two hours. It's two and a half hours. This movie's so long, two and a half hours. Uh, he just kind of like he he looks dour and he's always frowning and he's he's oh so angry. And like, I guess people think that this signifies like actual interesting acting, but it doesn't. Gravitas. It it, it there's it, there's a gravitas to him, but it's dull and repetitive and monotonous. Whereas uh, uh, Steve Zahn's Bad Ape is actually like a, an interesting character who has. Uh, who has some real development and he has like moments of lightness but also moments of darkness and he is doing a lot of different things. Uh, if you want to give anybody an Oscar from this movie, it should be Steve Zahn. The Steve Zahn for Oscar campaign begins now on the substandard. But like this this whole Andy Circus is great thing. I, I loved him as Gollum. I thought he was fine. And like I think he is doing good and interesting work. And maybe, maybe there needs to be a motion caption category at the Oscars where you just throw together the big uh, motion caption performances in any given year. You can have men and women together. You could just do it. You know, we could really get it all all in one. But like, I, I just is think shaking his head. I, I just think that the idea, and then you could reward the whole team. You wouldn't reward the individual actor because the problem is that this is not an individual effort. But JVL. So I would argue. So I am not, to be clear, making an argument that Andy Serkis or Steve Zahn or any specific person should win the Oscar for mm. any performance that has been done. But in theory, I am totally open to them being considered mm -hmm. for the following reasons. Uh, all film is collaborative. It does not matter whether you are a traditional actor who is being costumed and made up and moved around and lit by a whole team of people who are collaborative artists on the film project or whether you're doing motion capture stuff. Now, certainly I would... I mean, I'm not being crazy. The motion capture requires, requires more collaboration, but this is a difference of degree, not of kind, I would say. Secondly, uh, I would say that most of what an actor does in film, they do with their voices. The voice is just criminally underrated as an actorly tool. Uh, and I am fine with... If you wanted to make an argument that Scarlett Johansson should get a nomination for her work in her... Uh, I I might disagree on the merits, but not on the principle. I would have, I would have given it to her. Great voice. Given what? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, a nomination. Yeah. A nomination, yes, Victorino. Yes. yes. Sorry, yes. And, you know, look, there's a long tradition of Hollywood lavishing awards on people who 
bury themselves under practical type effects like Nicole Kidman's nose for the hours <laughs> or the so this is what I'm saying I, I, I'm not mounting an argument for Andy Serkis for this performance but if you if you were to tell me at some point in the unspecified future like in next year or two years from now or whatever that there is a motion capture performance that is so tremendous that we ought to consider it for an Oscar I would be okay with that and I wouldn't want a separate category because if you broke out a separate category for that then you really are going to cheapen the Oscars by having, like, I mean, there are going to be years when all the motion capture stuff is just BS, the kind of work you get on video games. Mm -hmm. And that means somebody's going to take home an Oscar for that. Mm -hmm. And it devalues the real acting that gets done by people who who are trying to do real acting within the format. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I, I totally understand and even agree with a lot of these points but i do think that there is a degree there is a difference in kind and not in degree with the work that they're doing in terms of manipulating faces and um uh, uh literally just transforming people entirely i i just i think that there is there's there's a uh uh and maybe this is just a function of you know, we don't really see people get nominated from superhero movies because so much of the time the action that we're seeing is totally CGI, right? Right. Like so much, so much of that is is not the actor himself; it's the team of technicians who are bringing that kind of performance to life. And I, I just, I think it's, I, I do think it is different, and I think it is. Um, so, is it a CGI? Is the sticking point for you? So, like ScarJo and her. Mm-hmm. Would you be okay with well, that as a nomination? Because there is no CG. What you're getting is pure Scarlett Johansson. She's not being aided by right, right. technicians. Well, but I would also say, so this is a, what about animated films, right? Would you, how do we, no, no, I believe, I think this is right. No actor has ever been nominated for an Oscar who was in an animated or stop motion picture, right? In theory, I am open to that. If there is a, a a vocal performance that is so great, but again, this is this may be me just being like in love with the idea of how much actors use their voices. Yeah. I mean, but I'm, I'm open to that idea. I if would you actually, have a crappy year where there's no really great performances elsewhere, mm-hmm. and somebody just does something with voice work that's so amazing, mm-hmm. I'm open to that. Mm-hmm. Or a voiceover, like or a, voiceover. Yeah. Hell, you know what? I <laughs> I'm I don't actually think this, but I I halfway think this. I would have given a Best Supporting nomination, not a win, but nomination to Alec Baldwin for his work in the Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, I was literally just thinking of that. Five yeah. minutes, yep. and he's not even a character on screen. He's just a narrator. Yep. But he's amazing, and he's integral to that movie, and the movie does not succeed the way it does as an enterprise if not mm-hmm. for his yep. work. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, uh, I, it's, it's a tricky thing, and I, I understand your point about devaluing the Oscar, but I also think that what you would end up with is a situation kind of like with the... Uh, um, animated feature category, right? Where you have some some years, you know, kind of kind of crappy Disney movie wins, and nobody thinks like, well, the Oscars aren't good anymore. Because no, I of guess that. I guess I look at the animated Oscar category now as a mistake. That if we could go back in time and undo it, we probably should. But you can't because it's there. You know, the yeah. Oscars grow the way government also, grows. You can't ramp back programs. But I also think that that's a totally reasonable and good category. I mean, I do think. Look, I think that. Animated films are doing a different thing than feature live action films. Yeah, that's and I fair. think I think it is worth acknowledging what is happening in those movies. And I think that if you had a category for let's say you had a category that combined voiceover, uh, voice acting, and stop motion animation, would you be would you be cool with that? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I don't guess know. I, would. I don't, I mean, I don't really know how you would. It. it wouldn't yeah. be ideal for me. My my first choice would not be to do that, but I wouldn't object to it. Mm. Do people want Andy Serkis to be nominated for the best actor category? Oh, yeah. Andy Serkis yeah. wants to be nominated. Andy, for I mean, Andy, Andy Serkis, Serkis is, is not a guy who hides his lamp yeah. under a bushel. Is that yeah. right? He is very uh, proactive in mm-hmm. stating his mm-hmm. greatness, uh-huh. which is fair. Like he is actually one yeah. of the great. Sure. Uh, motion capture actors of our yeah. time. He is and his influences. His influences undoubted, and in, yeah. he is a going back he is to Gollum. A, he, he's a guy who, like in the industry, helps other actors learn how to do this. I mean, he yeah. is like he yeah. is he is undoubtedly a great artist and has a lot. He brings a lot to the table. Yeah. But I just think that in the realm of what we are talking about, where you know we when we think of actors, when we think of great mm-hmm. actors, maybe they're buried under makeup, maybe they're buried under prosthetics. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, but like I, we we are looking at the person himself mm. and kind of you know judging how their eyes twitch and their their nose flares and all of that is built in a computer. Uh, John Hurt as the Elephant Man. If you can go back, yes, to yeah, that, yeah, right. it would have been like yep. that. Uh, I like Andy Serkis at thirteen, going on thirty, and he played himself as a human being, as a publisher. So. You saw that as a <laughs> tragedy. That movie. Right. I'm not going to comment because I made a joke Sorry. to you once, and that joke is not appropriate for. Mm. Our, the sequel. Even, even it was something this, about the sequel that you wanted to Even for this see. podcast, um, I do have- it's So many things we won't tell oh our listeners gosh. today. I think I mentioned it in the um, the episode that never aired. Anyway, the uh, uh, I didn't see the, this new iteration of Planet of the Apes. Is it, is it the same director for all three now? Well, no. Matt Reeves did this one and the previous one. I forget who did Rise. It was of the Planet friend of- Rise uh, Mark Hemingway's Molly buddy. and Mark Hemingway's. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I remember seeing the originals, obviously, uh, and, and the one with Charlton Heston, and it reminded me of the anecdote that a uh, friend told me when he went driving uh, through, um, uh, he had to take Charlton Heston around, and uh, while they were going through a long stretch of road, you know, I was like, what do you talk about? And so somehow he was able to bring up Planet of the Apes, uh, because uh, this guy was a big fan, and Heston obviously when he was still you know his mental faculties were still there he he started talking happily talked about it and the interesting anecdote this is a true story about charlton heston what he said was on planet of the apes he said you know what's interesting during the uh, lunch breaks the the ape the characters would self-segregate so the lighter skinned apes would be eating in one section and then the other apes would be eating in another section isn't that weird well, did, I, I'm not. I'm just, not making. I'm just telling you exactly what Charles has said that they just did that. So Zayus and his ilk are on one side, and then like the soldiers are on the other side, and they're not messing. Yeah, I mean, yes. I don't know. This is very weird. Mm-hmm. It's awkward. Yeah, awkward. Awkward. I don't, like know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know how. It, I don't know how the guy in the car responded to that. But I, I would have been just, like, he was quite stunned. Yeah, he was. Quite, he was quite stunned. This was, uh, in uh, full disclosure, this was uh, uh, Kate's ex-boyfriend, but he was a nice guy. Um, many years years ago. Uh, so that was a little anecdote for people didn't know that about the commissary during Planet of the Apes. Uh, only the craft service people knew that secret. Um, you, did you want to talk at all about uh, other post... What is it that draws yeah, us to these post-apocalyptic movies? Before uh, we move on, yes, I have please. offer one observation. I have one observation on apes and only so that I have an excuse to put this into show notes. The greatest Planet of the Apes moment ever. Victorino. Simpsons? The Simpsons. Yes. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. He can talk, he can talk, he can talk, he can talk, he 
can talk. He can talk. I can sing. <laughs> God, and the finale when he says, "I guess you made a monkey out of me." I hate every oh ape my God. I see from I was wrong to, to chimpanzee. <laughs> and then the Statue of Liberty comes up in the background. That would have been a great musical. I love you, Doctor Zayas. <laughs> That was fantastic. So great. I'm sorry. Very Post-apocalyptic good. movies. Opposed, on that note, yeah. post-apocalyptic movies, what, what is it that, I don't know what, it's kind of a thing that would actually make me less inclined to see that movie. You know, really? I, mean, I might have been curious about you don't what. Like, you don't like living in a horrible wasteland? Not, yes. Well, not anymore. It's just too, uh, too, too depressing, I think. I guess. I, I don't Do you know. think this has changed since you had kids? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Maybe. You don't want to imagine a world oh, in which they gosh. are forced well, to resort to cannibalism? Yeah, well, we, and... we talk about, you know, what happens if there was an EMP? What happens if there's a national crisis? Would you know where to go, what to do? I immediately would go to our uh, FBI neighbor a couple doors down and just say, help me. That's what I would do. I'll shoot you off the I, porch. I, I we would head over to Captain would Bill you bring Dwyer's canned compound. Food, though, as, yes. as an offering, <laughs> well, if we have any, oh, you'd go, you'd I go, out go, to, to, go out I, to the firefighter and have to, him protect yes, you. Yes, Captain Bill Dwyer. I said, uh, you know, uh, he, he's got all. And the, for as an offering, you'd bring him a Blu-ray player. <laughs> I, said, I, I could, I could write. You need us. In when, I can write when, good signs. When, when, to keep people right, off the compound. When, when all hell breaks loose, with you great need grammar, writers, don't you? No typos, right? Uh, you need no write. trespassing with a good font. No, it's really frightening. Good, good kerning really between the letters, right? Bill, Cam- you can use me. Cambria, twelve point, please. Uh, okay, uh, Sonny, please. Uh, what draws us to the post-apocalypse? And which other? What, what other ones do you like? I mean, uh, I mean, I th- I would assume that what draws us to the post-apocalypse is the fact that we are all awful, miserable people who secretly long for the end to come. Of ourselves, we want because we, all, we loathe ourselves. We all, we, you know, we all imagine ourselves as like the hero in the zombie movie, but we all secretly, subconsciously know that we're one of the faceless crowd oh that God. is trying to find brains to eat. That is, that's what we all. That's what we all know. Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't know what 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 it is. I think I think part of it is that it is an easier story to tell because you know what you can do with a post apocalyptic setting. You don't need a bunch and of extras. You do, you can you can more easily wasteland. dress a set. Yeah. You can you can kind of you just throw That's a bunch a of point. junk together and it's uh it's good to go. Uh, my favorite kind of um in this genre is uh the opening of Twenty Eight Days Later, which is a oh. fantastic brav- bravura sequence. Bravura, bravura. Yeah, bravura. Sequence. Weeks, weeks or days? Twenty eight days later. Did okay. I say weeks? I'm sorry. No, I mean, no, no, Twenty eight no, days, days later. Days. Uh, where they have the empty streets of London, and it's and obviously it took some sort of planning to get everybody off the streets those days, but it is also just like yeah. it's it is a wonderfully haunting shot that also saved them a lot of money on extras. You don't gotta <laughs> populate those. People don't come there. out. Yeah. I don't, is that CGI or did they actually close off? I sections? think they closed off. Like, I think they like, like closed, remember yeah. Times Square and Vanilla Sky? Yeah, like that. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. Is that where Killian Murphy wakes up in the hospital, or is that twenty eight weeks? No, that's twenty eight days. Yeah, that's days. where Killian yeah. wakes up in the hospital. I I talked about twenty eight weeks is the one where Bigby, uh, oh. where Bigby uh, wakes. Uh, we, Big, Bigby, he, yeah. he comes back to London after abandoning his wife to the to the monsters. You, we talked about this yesterday, and I saw the clip again. You know, when I'd seen the clip on YouTube, that is the most one of the most disturbing clips ever. Is when he kisses <laughs> his wife. And because th- he loves her so much, and then turns into this, he's uh, infected by the rage virus. The because rage, again, the rage well, this virus. Well, this is a this is an argument uh, uh, amongst the hardcore zombie aficionados that that the twenty eight days later universe is not an actual zombie apocalypse. They're infected by the rage virus, oh, which is not really the same thing. You don't have to shoot them in the head. They're not undead. They're not cannibals. They're just super Insane. violent. 
And so he's not a zombie. He's just insane. No, he's just a very violent, sick person. And, but he kills her in like multiple ways. That's the worst part. Multiple. Without getting into details, I'm like, this is all. I can't do this. And I did watch it. But I can't do this. I can't know? do this more than five times. <laughs> than five I can only do this like seven. Half, half the views on YouTube I are mine. I, I, can, I can only watch this movie once every four hours. It's JVL, do you have any thoughts? I do. Please. I do. I have one thought. Only again, this is only for show notes because I want the show notes to be good. I'm going to show you gentlemen a picture. Readers are going to have to bear with me and wait until show notes to see this picture. All right. This picture is from. The, first of all, this is real. Okay, I'm, why am I scared? This is real. This is not a Photoshop. It's not made up. Do we sh- do we have to guess what it is? Can you tell? No, no, are we, okay. no, no, no. It is from the most terrifying post-apocalyptic movie ever. Mm. Are you ready? I'm ready. Prepare yourselves. Okay. <laughs> Zardoz Sean Connery Oh yes <laughs> In Zardoz Excellent What a man In Excellent. which he spends the entirety of the movie Running around in thigh high boots A thong and and What do you call it a banana hammock That's a cod piece Red Kind of I don't, I don't yeah. Fabric Banana hammock Kind of something or another With then like fetish gear suspenders Crossed over his Like bandoliers <laughs> And a long black ponytail And th- Sean Connery is so unbelievably cool That this did not destroy his career Yes He was able cool to was. go from this to right. James Bond Right, right, right No he, what was, and Wait, I think, did Zardoz come out before the fir- his no, first James no, Bond No, 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 no James Bond it was couldn't. first this is, after, this is his life after James Bond. He's like, oh yeah, Roger Moore, I'm going to do this. Wasn't he still doing James Bond? No, Roger Moore was then. Roger <sighs> Moore started in 74. So this is like, and I think- So it kind of did actually kill his career for about a decade. <laughs> until, until Brian De Palma cast him in The Untouchables. Yeah, until, un, yeah, until, he was, until The Untouchables. Yeah, and the wow. Cameo in Time Bandits. The, so I'll put that the, the, in the show notes for the, people who I don't know what I'm talking about. It's amazing. As it's, you can see, yeah. as you'll see on the show notes, I think that's his real hair or lack thereof for Sean Connery. Wait, what? His hair. You said that is his real hair yes. or lack thereof. Yeah, I, mean, I don't it, understand. It's, 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 it's like this receding thing. Well, there's, Eventually, no, there's no chance he was able to grow a four-foot-long ponytail. Oh, no, not that part. And, yeah. Not that part. Okay. I mean, the front. Yeah, it's hard to explain. You'll see it. But I think he, he had a different hair in Never Say Never Again. Yeah. Okay, I think we're ready to move yeah. on. Um, well, the best. Can we? Yeah, please. What is our favorite post-apocalyptic oh, movie? Geez, Obviously, the only correct answer is the most recent one. Uh, which is Mad Max Fury Road. That's the best That's a post-apocalyptic Okay, I'll, I'll go with that. JVM. Might be the best. It might be the best, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, I've i always wanted to see, but I've never seen... Have you seen The Last Battle, which is Luc Besson's, mm-hmm. maybe his first movie no, ever? No, I've never actually seen Starring it. a young, fresh-faced actor named Jean Renault. Oh! Uh, and it is a post-apocalyptic film which only has two lines of dialogue. The idea being that the, the virus That's, which has wiped everything out has also robbed French. people of their ability to speak. Huh. And it, it I, I, I would actually, sign yeah. up to go see that myself. I would but definitely I not. Yeah. And I, I maybe I'll try to see that. Waterworld is underrated. Waterworld mm. is not a terrible movie. It's not a great movie, but as post-apocalyptic movies go, it's pretty good. And the you Postman know what is better. Postman's pretty good. The, Postman. In Waterworld, also had interesting ideas. Just interesting ideas. Did it? I don't remember I, that. He had gills. ideas about water. And he landed on when they finally land on land, and he's got the land sickness versus the sea sickness. That's interesting. You know, and he starts, you know. That's not really an so, idea. It's a, mm, it's a, mm. Vic. <laughs> Are you questioning you know, my it's ideas? It's more of a twist. Oh, J- JBL's, JBL's, oh, here we go. JBL's yeah, like, yeah. you know, the Dark Knight is no. about the struggle <laughs> no, no. of the liberal order to defend itself. No lie. No like, Vic's like, land sickness. Land sickness and gills. I'm sold. All right.
I also like the sequel to that, actually. Uh, the sequel to The Postman. Um, the Postman Always Rings Twice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is... Yeah. An, and, and what's Il amazing Postino. is... When they went to Europe, in a different in Italy, they called it yeah, It went in a totally Weird. different direction. I was not... See, I did not see that one coming. So, really good. Good. Um, additions, corrections, JV... Uh, well, aren't you a Spirit of the Week first? Because I have a oh, long we, correction. Okay, we, we could do that. We don't have to. Uh, Spirit of the Week is just a nice yeah, little bottle of... Glen Morangi. We've done this before. Highland single malt scotch. I use is it, it because now? it's now empty. So there's one mouthful left. I dare you to just chug it right from the bottle. There's no. Who, who there's are you nothing. daring? You. Oh, please. The guy with the problem. Look at that. To the face. Beautiful. That's it. That was delicious. Uh, 88. So is that what they say in the restaurant trade when you the uh, 88 list is the, the bottles which you've cashed and don't long, no longer. Oh, have that's any. interesting. I don't know about that. Uh, I was going to say. Wouldn't it be uh, 80? Why is it 88? You get 86. Like 86. You can get 86. Maybe it's 86 list. You get 86. I don't know. There's a term of art for 86. I've never worked in a restaurant higher than McDonald's. Yeah. You do I not mean, have Mc- that list. <laughs> McDonald's, it was like what you do is you eat all the sandwiches at once. <laughs> and then if you do that, you get, <laughs> get your name up on the wall. Um, uh, 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 correction, JVL. So somebody on Twitter yes. said that I was wrong last week oh, when I'd said else. that the character of Liz Toomez. Oh, oh, oh was all new in Spider-Man Homecoming. Hmm. And they said, no, no, that's actually Liz Allen. That's Liz Allen. Who's Liz Allen? I like that voice. What That voice sounds like something I heard at the comic book shop. That sounds like the same voice from Magic the Gathering. Liz Allen uh, debuted in Spider-Man number four. She was Flash's girlfriend. She made fun of Peter Parker. She had a stepbrother who was a third-tier villain named Molten Man, and she later married Harry Osborn. She was white and had blonde hair. Her name was Liz Allen. The character in this movie is named Liz Toombs, and she is the daughter of the villain the Vulture. She hates Flash. She's never anything but kind to Peter. She's black. She literally has nothing in common with this other character except that they share an incredibly common first name. Now this person on Twitter, who's a fan of the show, I don't mean to be aggressive, it's just that I'm still ramped up over the Tesla stuff, said, oh, but you know, Kevin Feige said in some interview with IGN that yeah, this is Liz Allen. This is just Crap. What this is, is the Marvel people trying to insulate themselves proactively from fanboy backlash about how non-canon this movie is by saying, look, see, it's tied to the comics. It's linked back to the comics. But this is something they did not need to do because it turned out nobody other than Max Landis and me even noticed that this movie like totally rejiggered the character of Spider-Man. I like so how you I like this, how you have glommed on to this Max Landis thing. Like you're, you know, he was he was a little bit out in front of this. On, was, oh, he, yeah. was he? Was he? No, he was a deeper read. But no, on the yeah. show last week, this is How, like I said, this is a non-canon super. So this I know, is, I agree. I agree. This Jay, is not Liz Allen. Is not Liz no. Toomes. And what the, about what about Spidey Sense? I could almost go for that. I could buy that. One of our listeners here's uh, thought. Uh, listener Jake Van Kersen said that there was a scene where uh, Spider-Man goes, "Uh oh!" and there's an object coming <laughs> from behind, and he dodges. And I, I mean, maybe the, I don't know. I think I, so. But like, yeah. here's here's. I'm can I say yes? I, I just want to throw this out there that the the vulture in this movie is actually playing the green glo- goblin, goblin role. Role that he is he is Tombs has basically taken the uh, the Norman Osborn role. And if I had to guess, I would bet that Liz becomes some sort of junior vulture a at some point in the series. <laughs> that that she is she is basically filling the Harry Osborn role of. Uh, of Spider-Man's friend who Spider-Man pseudo-betrays by destroying his father's or her father's industry. Let me say this. If you are correct, and if at some point in the future 
Liz, the character of Liz from Spider-Man Homecoming, becomes Lady Vulture or Vulture Girl, then that will be a sign that Marvel has reached the point of total creative bankruptcy. Mm. They have this brand new franchise where they have all sorts of different directions to go. And if they choose to do Vulture Girl, then it means that these people have nothing to say. I don't think they're at that spot yet myself, but who knows? I, there's a 100% chance that Vulture is coming back in the next movie. Well, I, he is definitely going to lead the Sinister Six. Uh. And, and if you don't think that at some point Liz is going to find out that Pete is Spider-Man and is ruining her father's business slash life slash her life, I got a big old bridge <laughs> to sell you. We'll see. Substandard friend Nathan Wurzel said he was disappointed I failed to mention uh, a little detail about the Amityville Horror when we were discussing it in the last episode, and that is when they did the movie, The Amityville Horror, they did film it in my hometown of Tom's River, New Jersey. There was a house that was on the water that was designed in that old colonial style. It was a... Oh, I hate to say it, a dead ringer for the Amityville. You don't hate to say it. <laughs> you don't hate to say it. Say it in the voice. Talk about a dead ringer. Uh, the uh, it was it was uh, and, and it was filmed. And I remember as kids, you drive by. I think it's Dock Street, Robin Street, or Water Street. One of those. Maybe it was Water Street. And my sister would always say, "Hold your breath. It's the Amityville Horror." And you had to hold your breath until you were. Drive, driving past it, and that was a very scary thing. And I remember in the news, um, uh, like uh, like one of the kids complained that the actual the house for the set was also haunted. Just uh, you know what I mean. And and if you go there now, they totally redesigned it. It doesn't have that look anymore, so you would never know. Uh, speaking of uh, Gene Shalit, uh, substandard friend Gabe Rossman conducted a Twitter poll on what Gene Shalit should review. Oh God, next. you did it? Maybe. <laughs> it's short. I, we, only because we're about fan service here at the Substandard, uh, and uh, if this is what they want, then this is what they want. Again, it's very short, so <laughs> here you go, Gabe Rossman. I hope you're happy. <clears throat> the Crying Game is directed by Neil Jordan, and boy, do I have a bone to pick with him. When Jimmy untucks Dill's robe, I assure you, that's not the only thing that gets untucked. Talk about luck of the Irish. Let's just say... He was hoping to get his toad in the hole, but instead got bangers and mash. I give it two stars. And that's the Critics Corner. <laughs> oh, boy. I just, I don't know. This is all very you bad. Ever, do you ever have toad in the hole? I don't even know what that is. What is toad in the hole? It's like you fry an egg inside a hole of toast. Oh, eggy in the, the basket. There, yes. Yeah, you, you were a Brit growing up, too. Yeah, so I, 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 I spent some time in England. You did. You did. Uh, okay, I think that's definitely all the time uh, we're going to give to this episode. Questions, comments, complaints, compliments. Tweet us at Victorina Mattis at Sunny Bunch. Again, be sure and to... And at JV Last. No. Mm. I think I forgot that last week. I think I forgot to tell you people did. to tweet at you. And you should all do this. At mm-hmm. JV Last. Especially, uh, especially those of our many listeners who drive Teslas. Yes. <laughs> you wanna, if you want to really get his goat, Send him a picture of your send him a picture of your tax return. Check. I send me a picture of your check from the government. I would be surprised if there was one. Uh, again, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play. Just type in Substandard under podcasts, and we're there. Leave a review, tell your friends, and don't forget the Substandard show notes will be up on Friday at eleven a.m. Until next time.
video, you have you had you an so out. You, you have a concern. Talk about so next week we'll do Dunkirk. Yes, very and excited. I am very excited to see this. My pal Richard Rushfield, who runs the Ankler, the newsletter to which everybody should, should subscribe if you want to know what's going on in Hollywood, yeah. says that Dunkirk is tracking to a thirty-five million dollar opening. I posit to you that if that is true. It would mean that of the 19 major releases this summer, Dunkirk would be number 16. It would be below King Kong, below the Apes movie, below Cars 3, below Boss Baby, below Power Rangers. It would be half of Pirates of the Caribbean or Despicable Me. It would be one-third of The Fast and the Furious. If this happens, all hell is going to break loose in Hollywood because the argument that you can make a big budget original idea is going to be under total assault and the you think the ip mania we have now is bad it it's going to be even worse i mean i don't see how it could get even worse we'll go from having one movie in the top 20 uh grossing movies in a year being original to having zero so I like I don't. Well, no, yeah, worse in terms of green lighting. Yeah, like, you just won't be able to even yeah, if right. even Christopher Nolan yeah. can't open a an original movie like this. The problem the problem with this theory is that Christopher Nolan gets a special pass because he has a very good relationship with Warner's and all the other studios, and everybody wants to work with him. Even if he is so, regardless, like, so of like so, I I actually gross. don't know how much money this movie cost to make. I believe it's one seventy five. So it needs to gross about four hundred million dollars worldwide. Uh, I, I think even at a 35 to $40 million opening, that would still probably multiple out to 150 to $160 million domestic if, if, if trends on Christopher Nolan movies and war movies hold. Uh, you're looking at a three and a half to four multiple. I have a question. Um, what? Could it have legs? I mean, could it be one of these things? That if that's, what does, I, that's what I'm that's, getting to. That's, that. <laughs> well, that's, my po- that's the multiple. The mul- mm. I, I think it will have a decent multiple. But like, even if it doesn't make a ton of money domestically, he does well at home video, uh, on DVD and Blu-ray, and like, frankly... Classrooms. People like, people like working with Christopher Nolan. He's a professional. He makes interesting movies. He gives them a veneer of... Let, let's say this movie makes $100 million domestic and $200 million international, so it's a loser it's still going to get a Best Picture nomination at the Oscars. It's still going to get some some play at home. And I think that these things are not necessarily... uh, I think these numbers are not necessarily panic point numbers. Certainly no more than we are already. Again, like, there is no... There's nowhere further to go down. You know how... It can always... I'm sorry, are you a conservative? The one thing I will say, like, actual conservatism is that... It can always get worse. Uh, uh, JB, I'm sure it'll be uh, fine. Uh, 